everybody. Welcome to whatever this is. I'm Kate. I'm a 23-year-old working as a creative producer, editor, and writer in Los Angeles. I'm also a victim of a private education and a film degree that costs more than I'm going to be making in the next 20 years. And I'm Maddie, an anthropologist by study and a full-time teacher slash grad student by accident. I live in upstate New York. You know, the part of New York that's already Canada. Some would say that we are older, wiser, stronger, and overall more put together. I'd say we're actually just very confused. We're drowning in debt, confused by our own ambitions, and we're making everything up as we go. So what now? Well, that's what we're figuring out on this podcast. Welcome to this episode where we discuss dating in your 20s as a woman in a pandemic. Except we're not dating. We are very single. That sounded like NPR. Like I, <laughs> I know. I was like, I did need- we start? I have- Is where we, are we going? Voice. It's too professional. Well, <laughs> what to say? I'm like staring at this outline right now. and I'm Yeah, because like, it just says being single in a pandemic. And I go, yes, I am. Sigh. I know. My brain just thinks, oh, I mean, I'm newly single in a pandemic. I was not single in the pandemic. And then I was. And it was very jarring. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was in the thick grieve uh, stage of a breakup when the pandemic hit. So I was like, I technically already single for a few months. But like, was I? <laughs> I was single but emotionally not even a little bit like right. so I entered the pandemic in a state of grief like usually like a little bit past the one where you constantly need people but like still in that phase where I was like help I need people all the time I'm in deep grief and then it was like get ready for isolation the world said no you have to wake up to being single I agree with that like when like you break up but then you're not like single until like one day you were like, I'm single. You have to like realize. Yeah, you can even be swiping, like cry swiping on on like Hinge or Tinder mm-hmm. and like talking to like 10 people. You're not single. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're really not. I guess I would consider single like, um, well, I don't know because the title of this podcast is single by no means ready to mingle. Yeah, just because, yeah, I don't know what I'm saying. I feel like you were about to say that you're ready to, you feel ready to date, right? I was, I was, but then I started to disagree with myself in the moment, <laughs> so I stopped talking. <laughs> I mean, I think there's a degree of that because I feel like when you first break up with somebody, you're in that stage for a long time where you're like, I could never think of another man. I could never think of being with another man. But then, no, it slowly like starts to feel less like that. <laughs> Yeah, Um, I would say, yeah, I would say like, and it also comes in like waves. And so there's like moments where like you go through the breakup and like you're trying to talk to people and then you realize like you can't hold interest in any of them. And so then you feel really devastated. It it adds to the pain of a breakup. It's completely normal, but it adds to the pain because not only like did you just, you did not lose that person, but you feel like you lost a person and then you try to like almost in a way replace them and you realize you don't want any of those people and then you're like oh no it's just always gonna feel like this and then a couple weeks months go by and maybe you're attracted to someone for the first time I feel like that's the first thing is like when you can look at someone and be like they're cute like but it does not matter as soon as you start getting to know them you like want to curl up in a ball and like roll away like 
Mm-hmm. Like that's the next phase for me is like all of a sudden I'm st- I'm attracted to people again, but then emotionally not available. That's where we are now, folks. And then Welcome. like the final the way I know I'm ready to date again is like when I am attracted to someone and then I feel that emotional connection and I don't want to run away. And it's really hard to tell when you're in that phase because like I think I'm flickering into it right now where I'm like talking to a couple people and like dating around and like I'll like have a really good emotional connection with someone, but then they'll get a little too vulnerable. And I'm like, I'm out. Peace out. Like, I don't want to do this. Like, I can't do this. Oh, yeah. I've not gotten to that part yet where I'm like, oh, these people are being vulnerable with me. I've just like gone on a couple dates and been like, "Mm." and that's it. Just, mm. and I don't know. I think I'm what, like four or five months ahead of you. Yeah. (laughs) Should we talk about dating apps? Yeah, we should talk about methods of dating. Well, you can either meet people in real life, maybe, if you get really lucky, or on the internet. But then I've never met a person like- in real life. Like not not I'm not talking about dating. <laughs> I've just never met one. <laughs> Out of the ratio like of the people I've dated that I like it met them by chance in real life, it was not that common. I think my last like three relationships were online like met online none of them were on dating apps but I met my last like three boyfriends on Instagram usually like they were all like Instagram like and it was very much like I'm a predator and (laughs) I would find guys attractive and I would follow them and then check to see if they would like my pictures and then I would slide into their DMs and like it usually just had a really high success rate (laughs) Oh my god, I love that's that not too. that's not speaking very highly of me. I just aim low. <laughs> <laughs> my last three boyfriends I've met by chance in real life. So I think this pandemic was like extra like, wow, I'm never gonna date again because like that was the only way that I met people like in real life. Yeah. I was like the last person that like wasn't an Instagram person I met at like college, but I don't know. Like I meet people like and even the people like that I met on Instagram were people that I, I would have met in real life. I just kind of accelerated the process. Like, <laughs> like two boyfriends ago, like we were very much about to meet in real life. And that's why he followed me on Instagram. And I didn't know that. And mm-hmm. I DM'd him before he could get the chance to like meet me. And then we met up for coffee. So like we maybe messaged like a couple times and then met up. And the one after that, like we had a bunch of mutual friends and I was like, I'm going for it. And so like, I don't really feel like they're internet things. Like they don't feel like I met you online. It very much is like, I just met you in person, but like it was intentional. Right. <laughs> now all we have, especially during what what these unprecedented times, that's my favorite <laughs> phrase. Um, all we have are basically dating apps and the internet. <laughs> I think like, I mean, in like, end times. <laughs> I keep making this joke because I, 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 I go out and I do it safely, but I keep making these jokes that like I'm just really need a stranger to fall in love with my eyes. Like while I was wearing my mask, and then like one day, like when the pandemic is over, like I'm just gonna be out walking around and people are gonna like the guy's gonna yeah. see my eyes. He'd be like, I know those eyes. You're the girl. You're the a girl. Pandemic <laughs> I made your latte. Like I was just like about that. to ask that. Like, do we need the bottom half of people's faces to to know that we're attracted to them? Do we need the bottom part? Do we? Re- I ask that a lot about men. Do we need the do bottom we need part? The bottom part? <laughs> <laughs> do we really need the bottom part? It's not that useful. <laughs> 
Well, I'm only on Hinge. So like I, I mean, Same. I had Tinder for two weeks and all I got out of that was a running joke, which was Snape GF. And that's all I, like literally no other interaction. Yeah, the dating apps that I'm aware of that exist are <laughs> Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, okay. and then like um, Coffee Meets Bagel. Oh, that sounds very... <laughs> Which I downloaded once like three years ago and it's the most terrifying user interface like you'll ever see in your life. Um, I've never had a good time from Bumble. I don't know why all the profiles on Bumble seem fake constantly. And there's also a setting where you can say what you're looking for. And so that it, I don't know if men just panic and don't want to come off as too clingy or if they're really trying to use it as a hookup app. But almost every man on Bumble has like it set to like nothing looking for something casual. And when you post that, like it's so like dating profiles are so weird because like you see a person you're like, oh, I could be interested. And then you just see looking for something casual and you're like, what does that mean? And then my brain also doesn't want to start messaging him or match with them because I was like, do I really have the time to find out what something casual means? No, um, and like, I think like one out of every 50 guys I see actually says like looking for and it says relationship. Most of them say, say something casual or I don't know. Yeah. And I'm like, great. So I was like, at least they're all, I mean, I think Bumble helped me really filter out a bunch of crap men. Cause it's like straight off the bat. Like this man, does not know what he wants he has written it on his profile he doesn't even realize he has and i'm just like "Eh." so i don't like bumble tender to me is a hookup app which is fine but that's not what i'm trying to do and it's also just a lawless land i feel like (laughs) in my thing with tender is as you're swiping i think bumble might do this too it says like you just missed a match it tells you it. That's so it means, like, you, it means you've swiped no on someone that swiped yes on you. And I was like, I didn't miss anything. I know no. what I, I damn well knew what I was doing. What do you mean? I just noticed the people that message me on Tinder are like way more chaotic than any <laughs> other app. My favorite message that I've gotten was I matched with this guy and he messaged me. So I match with a lot of girls on here. Um, what do you, what makes you stand out? Why should you get to go on a date with me? Ew. And I was like, excuse me? Like, did I sign up for a dating show? Like, it was just the most, <laughs> like, people on Tinder are so blunt and forward and weird and rude. And so I did not last long on Tinder. Besides that, I'm banned for soliciting money for a McFlurry. Um, <laughs> but I like the, the app I like, even though I, I will just go ahead and say I dislike all dating apps the one i dislike the least is hinge agreed tinder's a half step up from omegle (laughs) there's less surprise penises but like but are there really more emotional trauma waiting (laughs) so maybe it's a half step down from omegle depending on what side of the stairs you're looking at it from Guys on Hinge ask you to get coffee. Guys on Tinder ask for your WhatsApp. Like, I don't like I don't want to do it anymore. And just like the way things are marketed, like Hinge's marketing is good. It's like delete our app once you're oh, designed to be it. deleted. Wow. Yeah. And like so like they're like relationship forward. So like I mm-hmm. kind of gravitate to that app because like it's like the thing with dating too, like how you can get a crush on anybody you want, but if they're not looking for the same thing you are, it's not gonna work out. And so, like, I kind of stay on Hinge because I'm more leaning towards, like, I'd want someone that, like, is trying to date and, like, actually have something serious. And so, like, I feel like Hinge itself has marketed itself as that. So maybe that's where the pool 
of these men might be. Although it's very rare that I'm attracted to anyone on my page. Right. I think it was like way easier for me to be attracted to somebody on the internet when I was younger. And like the older that I get, the less I'm like attracted to somebody so easily on the internet like you would really have to pull me in right and I'm having that thought too where I look at profiles for a little longer because I guarantee there's probably people that like because I know you mentioned something about this like your most recent date because I was gonna say there's probably people that I might be attracted to in real life yes but if I saw a picture of them flashed across my screen for five seconds I I might say no right like like I, I like because a lot of times also men do not know how to photograph themselves. No, both of both of the most recent guys that I was in the talking stage with looked vastly different from their photos, mm-hmm. and I called them both out on it. Like one of them, like was <laughs> one of them looked like he had truly just like got off. He's in the cast of Survivor, mm-hmm. and like I give the pandemic to that, but like in his profile, he was <laughs> clean shaven and had short hair. And then the first time we video chatted, his hair was to his shoulder. It was to his shoulders, and he had a handlebar mustache and a beard. And it was a different (laughs) human. He looked like Tom Hanks at the end of Castaway. (laughs) And, like, thankfully, we've become, like, actually really good friends now. But it was so funny, like, because I'm just, like, looking at him, and I'm trying to see – I'm trying to, like, see beneath the hair. I'm just really trying. Yeah, you come at it from a different angle. Like, when you're meeting people in real life, you're just meeting them, no strings attached. But when you're meeting people on the app – you're like meeting them with an intention and like an ulterior motive maybe. And so it's yeah, and I, I will say like apps make me feel vain, but that's also yeah. kind of the point. It's it like is. your first, the, out of everything you can look at, the first thing you're going to do is, is look at their face and immediately judge if you think they're cute or not, like right. or attractive in any type of way. The second tier, you'll go straight down to their bio. And that one's a little more realistic. And I kind of like this because it's like a fast track. Cause you know, when you meet someone in real life, you can't instantly know your compatibility on like a deeper level, but it is really nice on Hinge that you can immediately see like what religion they are, yes. what's their occupation, yeah. what do they think about that, mm-hmm. do they do any recreational drugs, do they, they like that's kind of nice because like that's the things that like you meet someone in real life, you like them, and then like their values or like their lifestyle just doesn't line up. Right. And you have to find out the hard way after you already have the crush. I and agree. then you're like, oh no, but at least it's like straight up. A guy that I matched with on Hinge and went on a date with last week. I don't know if it was growing out or if he did it intentionally, but he definitely had like black hair in all of his pictures. And then when I met him, he had like almost frosted tips. And I was like, (laughs) that's important information. Shows up with frosted tips. You're like, I feel lied to. (laughs) And like, it's fine. We're still going to be friends. We have so many mutual friends. He's like close friends with a lot of my close friends. And so oh, I didn't know why. that. Yeah, that's why we actually matched. And like, that's why I gave him my number so fast. And like, that's why I like agreed to even hang out with him so quickly because like we know so many of the same people. And so to this day, I'm still getting <laughs> intel from my friends who are like, he said this and this. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> ah, anyway. Oh, gosh. Dating apps. I don't know. I love them and I hate them. They're like, I don't know. Like, I still I've been I've been on and off dating apps for years, mostly like when I was younger, it was just tender. And then when I like, because I was the only like that was like the first like big app one, not dating site, but like application. Yeah. Um, And then 
I don't know. I think this is might be the first time I'm on dating apps with the with like the honest intention of I'm trying to date. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. In the past it was very much a band-aid and I still use it like that. I like will literally like every time I'm just lonely, insecure or anything, it's like slap a dating app on there like quick match with someone mediocre and let them tell you you're pretty like it's just because you can't just walk around outside like men don't really come up to me and go like you're beautiful but I can hop on an app and hide behind a photo and someone's like wow you're so pretty right and so I'm just scary online it's slapping band-aids on with like little dating app logos on them I get Um, that that's exactly what I was doing like I got on hinge a month after my breakup and my roommate was like I mean, it doesn't hurt for men to compliment you. <laughs> and so yeah, I was like, as long as you are aware that what you're doing is not like legitimate, like if you get on a dating app that fast after a serious breakup, like you need to be real with yourself that like you're not, you're, you're not, don't. <laughs> but like, I actually was really proud of myself because like, even though like this was like the worst pain I felt like in my most recent breakup, it was like I handled it the best because of the way I poorly handled my other like endings of relationships that I stayed off of any dating app for, I think four months. Like mm. I didn't touch one because I kept telling myself, no, 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 you're going to like, just look at your pain and you're going to feel it. Cause they're like, you know, if you just get on there, like every mediocre guy that you have to interact with is going to make you cry. And it's true. Cause I waited for four months and then I went on a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> I went on so many bad hinge dates that like, it was just like, unreal like I, I remember at one time I was like actively talking to four guys fun and I felt like I was running some kind of phone service like I <laughs> legitimately couldn't do it I couldn't do it it was too much and people would always be like wait which one's that one I'm like oh he's the bartender and like how about that one I'm like he's the he's from he's the Jew from Queens and like they're just like oh my god which one are you talking to and I'm like all of them and none of them is the answer because it's just so mediocre, but you keep them around because you're like, well, this is the best interaction I've had on here in a while. Yeah, like, because the conversation. It's so hard to actually go on a date in real life, and especially yeah. with the pandemic. This is pre-pandemic. Right. When you're on the dating app, like you both, you na- like you don't even know if it's going to work out, but you at least have like this thing with this person that you're kind of attracted to, unanimously agreeing that it's going to be a date. Right. And like that just is cool. So I would have like so many dates a week, and I'd be like, I'm going on two dates this week. I'm going on like which without online dating would be insane to me if right. we were not online dates if I was just like I'm going on two dates this week that's like insane <laughs> I went on two dates last week and I was yeah. like, wow like that's all I needed <laughs> like no nobody got hurt <laughs> we're nobody all- got we- hurt we're done <laughs> we both just it was consensual parties wow th- there was no sex involved but we both consented to this date like it wasn't any guesswork and like we just went on dates and we're like okay bye and like they it was relatively painless because I was like, when I got on Hinge, I got on Hinge only when I went back home in California versus like me who lives in New York. And so I would get on Hinge only when I was in California because I was like, everyone around me in New York is meh. Um, and so I went on dates there and I was like, what if I actually start to like somebody? I have to tell them that I uh, live across the country, but nobody minded. it. <laughs> Nobody gave a shit. <laughs> it was just, it was all all right. Yeah. 
I don't know. My uh, my series of yeah, because I was dating in LA, and so I just met a plethora of men. You met all of them. And I think the very first date I went on, being single, like was just just a mediocre time. I think I truly believe as long as the <laughs> other person is willing, I can keep a conversation with just about anyone as long Agreed. as they are also actively trying. Then yeah. The conversation will just work. But I went on like a two hour like dinner date with a professional dancer I think and then like it was super weird like I asked if he wanted to text me um because we had I hadn't given my phone number I was like oh yeah do you want to text me and he like said yes and then this was like the most awkward thing I've ever had happen to me and I still don't know if this is what actually happened but I was like do you want to text me after this and he said yes and then he um I asked for his phone number and he told it to me and then I texted him right then and there, like, with my name, and it, like, didn't deliver. And I was like, uh, I don't think I typed your number in right. It didn't deliver. And then, it, like, he kind of got, like, he tried to look confused. And, like, he was like, what? And then I was like, yeah, like, <laughs> I don't think I typed it in right. Like, it's not delivering. And he's like, oh, like, and he told me a different number for the last number. And I go, okay. And I switch it out and I try to send the message again. And I go, yeah, no, it's it's not working. And I was like, am I doing this right? Like, And I like showed the phone to him. I was like, that's your number, right? And he's like, no, uh, I don't. And he was like being so weird about it that I should have just like dropped it. But we were in too deep. Yeah. So I was just like, here, I'll put my number in your phone and whatever. And so like he gives me his phone. I put my number in and I text myself from it. And it was like a, it was like a digit off or something. And like – um. But I got that and I and then we like it like and then we kept talking like crazy. Like it felt okay. like really good. We kept talking and then we both hugged and like went our separate ways. But I walked away and I was like, I'm not gonna text him. I was like, that was the weirdest thing that like the the whole date in my opinion went well. And then that's the only reason I said, like, would you like my phone number? And then he right. said yes. And then I I think he didn't want it and was trying to give me a fake number. I think that's what, like, that's my only, because it happened two times in a row. Right. And, and I was like. Forget your own phone number. Like, like at that point, like, I don't know what people's fear is of it. Like, sometimes I'm like, I get that it might seem brutal, but I'm like, honestly, just say no. Yeah. Like, I don't even care if you give me a bad excuse. Like, oh, I just don't think, like, I want to give that out. Like, you have my Snapchat, though. Like, even say that. Like. I don't know. But when I say, would you want to text sometime? Maybe like, go, I, I literally said, do you want to text me? Like, oh, yeah. I said, would you want to go out again? And he said, yes. And that's why I said, okay, like, I'll get your phone number. And then he turned it into this huge thing. I'm like, literally, just say no. I get it. It's uncomfortable to say that to someone. But like, it was 20 times more uncomfortable to have like 10 minutes of me guessing your phone number and then what felt like forcibly taking your phone from you and putting my number in it because now I feel crazy because I wasn't even that into him I just thought it went decent and so I was like might as well and it's like I got home and I was like wait a minute was I unwanted (laughs) like was I unwanted and then I only ever got ghosted one more time after that which was the British guy I met a British guy who decided that our first date should be at a porn-themed um, oh. speakeasy. Oh, cute. Well, basically, I get invited to a speakeasy for a guy that I only messaged for, like, six hours. And, and she's never been to the speakeasy. I got very lucky in the sense that when he showed up, he was actually extremely attractive. 
and had a beautiful British accent, but he had never been to this bar before and it was very much themed like a porn shop. So uh-huh. I met this guy and then we immediately had to walk through a hallway together with screens playing live porn oh. on them. And then it went into a normal bar. Um, but that went, that date went really well. I still feel like I dreamed it because I would never go back to a man's house, but I made it very clear that nothing was going to happen. And because we just wanted to watch a movie. So he's like, just come back to my place. So I did. And then nothing did happen. And then in his British accent until three in the morning, read me his own poetry. He read me poetry from his journals till three in the morning with his British accent. And this also, this man was rich. He was very wealthy. I made a Snapchat in his bathroom, which was bigger than my living room. Um, And then it was like 2 a.m. I left and I said, okay, well, yeah, like text me. And he goes, yeah, I will for sure. And then I never heard from him again. Why do they do that? Why do they do that? I just, I think I'm, I can't tell if like this is just how men are or if I'm really bad at reading signals because like I feel like. If I ever get ghosted, it would be obvious to me. But what was so weird was like we went to this club. We talked for three and a half hours at the club, having a great time. He invites me to come to his house, introduces me to his roommates, watches a movie with me, stays up till 3 a.m. and reads me his poetry and then ghosts me. And I'm like, this is her. And my brain was like thinking because like he did put out a little bit of a signal. I was like, is it because I didn't hook up with him? And I was like, maybe that's like why. But at the same time, when I when I say at this, when I make it very clear at the start, I will not be hooking up with you if that's not something you're into. Like, just let me know. And they say, no, like, I don't. I, no, no, no. Like, that's fine. Then why ghost me over that? Like, right. Wow. I was the whole time you we were talking about that. I was like, oh, I, I don't think I've ever been like ghosted except for like, oh, a few times on hand. We like exchanged a couple of messages and then like they just like stop replying. And it's like, that's yeah. not really ghosting. I don't really think that's ghosting. It's just like, oh, like it wasn't anything. So then you just stop. Ghosting replying, for me is after I've met them. Yeah, that's fair. And especially if you have if like somebody explicitly stated, oh, like we will talk again. And then they yeah. go, it's ghosting. Yeah. But then I remembered. Do you remember? I, I started laughing when you were like, I didn't think I'd ever been ghosted. And I was like, she doesn't know. She's blacking out on her own life. <laughs> My ex before this last ex definitely ghosted me. <laughs> but Maddie, tell the people how long it took him to before he, it wasn't like, you dated, went on a couple dates. Because I was, I wanted to talk about this real quick. Uh, ghosting, it, when is it okay? And is it okay in general? And ladies and gentlemen, I would say this is a prime example of when it's not okay. Wow, I really did black out. Um, so it was about nine months in. <laughs> um, so I was in college away and he was in um, Northern California where I'm from and I was in Southern California and he, we would like send messages and he was like, Hey, I'm not going to be texting that much. I'm going to be visiting my family in New York. And I was like, cool, whatever. So I was like, okay, like a couple days or like a week or whatever. Like I'll hear from him every once in a while. And like, I kind of did. And then I didn't. And then it was like one week of radio silence. And I started like panicking. I'm like, oh my God, is he like dead like we don't have mutual friends really so like there's nobody I could ask to see if he's all right so I started like freaking out and I like texted him and at one point I like 
I finally just like called him and it kept going straight to voicemail. And so I was like, that's odd. And like, I was just like freaked out about it. And that made me even more anxious. Cause I was like, what if he's dead? His phone is, his phone has died. He is at the bottom of a cliff. Like that's it. But then my friend was like, I'm going to call him. And she did. And it rang and he answered. And that was minutes after I had last called him. So I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, you try calling him again. I had tried to call him again from my phone and it went straight to voicemail. The man had blocked me. He had blocked my number. And then I remember like being so incredulous. Like I was so phased. <laughs> I wasn't unfazed. I was very phased. I was like in shock. So I like over the the next couple of days, I had like people send him messages or like tech or like call him to see if he would answer. I don't know. This is like very crazy ex-girlfriend things, but I was like so in shock that I was like, he didn't block me. Like, okay. But also like, that's like, that's when I want to point out that half the time when girls are coming off as crazy, it's because right. a man has done something Thank to you. make them that way. AKA right. almost point blank faked his own death. Right. Thank you. <laughs> He definitely blocked me. There was radio silence, like from the point where we had been talking for nine months and we had been like dating, I guess. It was more of a situationship, so whatever. But we had been in this thing and then all of a sudden we were not speaking at all. And he did give me that warning, but like he didn't say how long. He didn't say like, oh, I'll let you know this or that. He just like went radio silent. And so Two weeks after he start, he goes radio silent, he has the audacity to send me a message on Snapchat going, please stop calling me from other people's phones. <laughs> and I was like, thanks for letting me know that you're alive. And so like, I think after that message, I kind of like asked him like what was going on. He's like, I told you I was like in New York visiting my family and like I tried to message him and he kept not messaging me for like days on end and then replying. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. And so I just like deleted him off Snapchat. And so he ar- had already blocked my number. So like there was no other way for us to keep in contact. And that's how my last relationship ended. He ghosted me multiple yeah, times. See, this is a prime example of two things. Men not knowing how to communicate. Right. Like, like, or just people. I won't even just say men. I was like, some people just don't know how to communicate because mm-hmm. like this is also another reason i don't agree with that sentiment that's supposed to be empowering but all over the internet it's you have the right at any time to break up with any person no reason like no mm-hmm. explanation yeah like it always and i get what people are trying to say it's yeah. that's no that's more for like an unhealthy relationship right. like like abusive like yeah. that's like mentally or physically like they're saying like you have the right to end any romantic relationship whenever you want and I'm like that part is true I do not agree with the whole you can end it and you do not owe anyone an answer like I get that for like like extreme situations of like an abuser like you do not have to like justify why you wanted to leave them but I do not agree with like the cut off communication because like entering a relationship with someone is already like an agreement you're mm-hmm. already like emotionally like a huge emotional thing in their life. And right. so like I I just think it's extremely like abusive. Know, not evil, but like it's just it's it's so insensitive and like harmful to like be in a long-term relationship, decide you want out and then not even like I'm saying you definitely have the right to to end the relationship, but like you do not have 
the right to like not communicate why and leave that person high and dry. It drives me insane that people think they can just end something very long, very serious and be like, yeah, I don't know. Bye. Yeah. Like that le- like that's how my like last relationship ended in a way and it was like a, it was my most serious relationship and like very much like I'm just so used to men not being able to give me an answer or a straight one. Mm-hmm. Like when I had just like simply like wanted to know why, all I get is like them crying saying they're in love with me and then they're like I don't know, I just have to do this. <laughs> and then they disappear. And right. I'm like, okay, sort yourself out give me a real answer like that's like so annoying but yeah I just I just don't think when you make that big of a commitment to someone and you decide you want to end it yes you always have the right to end it no you don't have the right to not give a person an explanation and like and like yeah I was like I don't care if they don't like the explanation you have to give it Like, you can't just block them and fake your own death and, like, all this stuff unless you're, like, on the run and they're trying to kill you, like. Right. I think that that phrase also goes more for, like, our type twos and our type fours who, like, are, like, I don't want to hurt this person, this, this, and that. It's, like, okay, you, like, if you are not attracted to somebody, if you do not, like, feel these things for somebody, if you see your life going in a different direction, okay, like, you can just end it. That's okay. Yeah, and I think it also holds up for, like, more people that are, like, getting manipulated yes. by the other person. Like, okay. I know a person mm-hmm. that tried to break up with his girlfriend mm-hmm. who he was deeply unhappy with for over a year, and she cried and begged and, like, freaked out and, like, mm-hmm. basically gave herself a panic attack and was crying and asking him not to do it to the point where he just backed down. Right. And I'm like, that's that's when that comes into play of, like – no <laughs> no I was like yeah like I'm like as long as you had the decency to do it in person and give them an explanation it doesn't matter after that even if, yeah. it, if it's like if it's painful but like we yeah. just dignify each other in these like just basic human give each other basic human dignity like do not yeah. leave somebody out here thinking I went from thinking this person was dead in a ditch to like hit him still not explaining to me what was going on to him going stop calling me from other people's phones and then not giving me an explanation that's not like that's not even just a matter of like what you should or shouldn't do in relationships yeah like at least inform me that we broke up at least just be like hey by the way I don't want to date you if you break up with me then you can say stop calling me but you you. can't just not (laughs) not break you can't just not break up with me and then be like don't ever talk to me again I hate you and you're like when (laughs) when was this when? when did the page turn oh my gosh and you are allowed to change the terms of your like breakup after the fact like I'm thinking of my most recent breakup I remember us like having this these talks where he was like I'm never gonna take down these pictures I'm never gonna delete pictures we'll still be friends like I'll still care about Mm -hmm. you this this, and that and like he went back on so much of that stuff which Mm -hmm. was hurtful but fair like you can totally do that I think it's very that's why I'm very slow to speak like right after it that's why I said that's why I always cut communication and I say nothing because I know in my pain and the immediate pain I would be more likely to say something like your ex did like like we could stay friends like no 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 no. let's not delete the past like we can make this amicable but like Mm -hmm. once you've processed your feelings and you have time it's it's not always like that and so I'd rather not go ghost but like disappear for a bit handle it come back with some firm decisions rather than just like speak my mind immediately 
in my deepest pain because that's kind of like what he did like he would just say a bunch of stuff and we would literally be talking about it and we're like the boy has no conviction and we're like and he has no idea what he's talking about and like sure enough we were right Right. immediately like he changed his mind on everything I know from the moment that he said all that stuff like those are empty promises that you're making out of the feelings you have right now and that was why we broke up because he made lots of decisions out of the feelings he had in the moment Mm -hmm. and it's like okay like you do you it's the one time men decide to have emotions (laughs) right when they want to like post breakup and they usually just use those emotions to act erratically (laughs) (laughs) right with no conviction behind them and they change their mind every 10 seconds but definitely like you're allowed to do that if like you are talking and you agree that you would be friends and like keep up communication and you realize it's unhealthy for you you're allowed to just bow out like yeah you can and like you should be able to say that you should be like this isn't healthy for me that's a reason see like that's not you just all of a sudden stopping after you said we could be friends and then ghosting like that's the difference you don't say we can be friends and then you just stop if you actually say that's all that's all you owe the person is like a one-time explanation that's not leaving a person high and dry that's not undignifying. that doesn't it doesn't matter if they don't like it you gave them an answer and it's a legitimate one so if they don't like it that's their issue at that point yeah it's okay to hurt people but there's a way to do it where it's like there's no like malice or like you did it with I mean, intention is still like you can intend something and impact somebody a different way. But like if you are doing your best to protect yourself and the other person, then that's that's okay. All this to say, once you break up with somebody, give yourself some time. <laughs> give yourself needs time. Give Even if you time. didn't just break up with someone. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, give yourself um, all the time. So on the yeah, I was like on the opposite end of dating in your twenties as a woman not dating in your 20s as a woman (laughs) that's it it. that's the transition (laughs) I mean I loved I loved myself when I was single like I would give myself in between relationships I gave myself like a year and it wasn't always like on purpose it just kind of happened that way that Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be somebody for like an entire year um but I always like came to this point where I was like I love myself. Like, I can't imagine dating anybody right now. If it happens, it happens. But, like, let it come when right. it comes. Like, I'm not looking for anything. But isn't it interesting how, how, like, so, like, you'd always have, like, a year of being single. And, like, that was nothing. The older you get, the scarier and the larger that year feels. Like, yeah. it feels more, like, it carries more weight. So I don't remember what podcast this was in. I think it was Schnitt Talk. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we heard the concept of men being a limited resource. And that, like... I felt it in my bones. <laughs> like yeah. I really did. With within like some like conservative cultures, especially, uh, which is like I think we both grew up kind of like more conservative families, maybe my yeah. maybe different types, at or yeah. at least religious in ways that have these cultures built into them. Um, of like of like get get married young, date young. Mm-hmm. And stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And like, I don't, I think it's like this thing ingrained in our head that no one's exactly saying it, but it's implied that like, as a woman, there are, there is like a finite amount of good men. And like, if you don't get yours right (laughs) off the bat, you're, they're going to get taken. Like, that's how like we view men. Like, I think women are raised to believe that like there is a limited number of good men and like there is like the one for them only if they find them young and like the older they get the like the percentage of them finding that person goes down and down and down until like what's that phrase like you're an old maid like I just like my mom got married at 18 
Our mom, 17. Um, My aunt married at like early 20s, like maybe like like 22, like all of my family and stuff. So growing up, I just assumed in my brain that by the age I'm at now, which is 23, which most people would agree is very young. Mm -hmm. I was like, I should be engaged by now. Right. Um, Like it's just built into my brain. Now, I don't believe that anymore. But it doesn't mean that that like ingrained behavior and that ingrained like feeling isn't still there. So it's like every time I think about how long I'm going to be single for, it goes, that's that much more time of my life going away. Or when a relationship fails, which I should have plenty of room to have relationships that last for like good chunks of time and then fail. I feel like I've never had the room for all these relationships to fail, which is why when my most recent one failed, it was like the biggest devastation because I'm at that age where I thought I'd be engaged and I thought I had met the one and I was like, I'm going to get married. Oh my gosh. And then it ended And my first thought in my brain, my very unhealthy thought was, oh no, that like year and some odd months was just wasted. Mm-hmm. And then I go like, now I'm a year and some odd months behind or like, or whatever. And then I also go like the older I get, less single men, right. less good ones, less that. I was like, these men are so limited and they're a finite resource. And like, but the, all that being said, I feel that way. It's in my bones. And it is also so incredibly not true. And we have to acknowledge <laughs> the fact that, that we set these weird unconscious and sometimes conscious milestones in our heads. Like when we were young, I think my milestones were like, I'm married by 20, have kids by 22, because like I wanted to be a young mom. So I thought I was Mm -hmm. like still energetic for my kids. And now obviously I'm 23 and I'm like, I still have this milestone in my head that's like, well, I hope that I'm married and have kids by 30. And like, it just seems like fast approaching. I'm like, that's seven years away, but it's like six and a half now. And it's like, that's why it feels like time is ticking down for me when it's not mm-hmm. really true. And also, where does that come from? <laughs> I, I don't know where this one comes from. And this one's even, I feel like this is like even a more new age concept. Like I feel like in the past it was like get married, like at 20, have kids yep. by mid 20. And I think it's been, it's nice that it's the, I feel like the deadline mm-hmm. has got pushed back, but I don't mm-hmm. know where this thought, like it definitely is true for me and like a lot of women I know this is a popular answer if you ask someone who's single at our age when do you want to be married when do you want to have kids they'll say exactly what comes out of my mouth where they go like I'd like to be married before I'm 30 oh yeah like that is the most popular thing they will say and then they'll be like before mid-30s have kids um and so literally they're like but that is the most but where did that come from because like that's in my head too like when did we decide the 30. finish line was 30. Ooh, like that finish line. Even though I still say I want to be married by the time I'm 30, I think I'm slowly day by day, like also accepting like, and it's still hard for me to say <laughs> that, that might not happen. Yeah. Agreed. But that doesn't mean, but like that also means like, let's say that doesn't happen. I'm guaranteed if that doesn't happen, I'll probably be 30. I'll know why it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And I'll probably be pretty happy. And like maybe yeah. even dating someone that I'm like, I'll marry when I'm like 33, 34, 35. Like it truly doesn't matter. No. Like, and I don't know when we as a society decided that that mattered. Like also, isn't that like America? Like we're a very like, like, what's the word not marriage built like we're a very like uh w- there's a word I've heard it in like so many sociology classes like we're like we're a type of society that values marriage like even just wow and I noticed like even just the order that it shows up when you're like doing a drop down menu like if you're filling out your FAFSA if you're filling yeah. out your taxes like it goes like 
single or married. And it's always like in that order. So it's like single comes first, married comes later. Like this is what your goal yeah, is. Like we're and like this is how your life should go. And you're like, yeah. And like yeah. I say this as someone that wants to get married, someone that wants yeah. to do these things. I also think it's just deeply problematic that like mm-hmm. we're putting this amount of pressure on people. Like I, I think that's also why a lot of marriages fail. Like I think people are forced into it too early because they're like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Because like I know I don't know what I'm doing ever, ever. So if I was still actively dating the wrong person, like like the, my, the last guy I dated, I would have married him. If we did not have our falling out that like broke us up, I would have married him. And after we broke up, I looked back, saw all these warning signs at the beginning of our relationship I didn't see before. And I was like, I would have ended up married to him. And I, there's a good chance within a few years, these problems would have came out anyways. And we would have like, I don't know what happened, but a very high chance of divorce. And yeah. I was like, I was like, so I'd rather like, I don't know, not feel pressured to be married and take a long time, know what I want, know everything, then get married and have like a really successful marriage based on life experience than like, I was really passionate about him when I was young and everybody else was getting married. So I did too. Like dad paid for it. Like I don't. I'm going to get all like anthropological and sociological for a second, but. Do uh, it. That's your, that's your shtick. That's your, that's your selling point. America is a very chronically lonely nation and culture. And they kind of breed that into us with like the things that we see on social media, like you can never have enough connection. You can never have enough social hangouts. You can never have enough of like romance and this and that. And like, it's bred into us because it's what sells. And then it like creates the cycle of like, it sells. So people have more and people consume more and then people feel more lonely. And it just like goes and goes and goes and goes. And I was reading, it made me think a lot about how, what you said earlier, how we are very marriage forward, but that's like, that's the standard of like intimacy in our country is like marriage. It's like the most sacred, the highest form of like how we experience, how we experience intimacy with people, but it really isn't in other places. And it really shouldn't be because it makes us starved for this like one single connection. Like that's so much to put on a partner and you should really, if you're still in that boat, this might be controversial, but if you're still in that boat where you think of like marriage as like the highest form of intimacy, like maybe you should consider breaking out of that before like pursuing that kind of relationship because that's too much to put on a person. And I was reading this thread today by a guy who goes by art on Twitter um, or his at is until Zion and he's a gay man and he wrote this whole thread answering the question, wait, if you're gay, why did you date women? Um, and so his one, his number one reason was loneliness. And he wrote, so much of how we understand intimacy in the U.S. is just shoved into romance and neglected in friendship and platonic love. Every experience of loneliness in my life suggested to me that I needed romance, not friendship. And so to me, like, and I can resonate with that as just like a woman, like, if I'm lonely, like, I must need a partner. I must need a boyfriend. I must need a man to like tell me how like important and loved and this and that I am. But like the longer I go in life without one or like in a breakup or like whatever, I realize that like I get all of that from family and I get all of that from friends. Like, but we just don't put the focus on that. We like let all of those relationships fall to the wayside. 
right? I think that a guy that made me realize, especially, and not that this is like a bad thing or I was like using this person, but if I look at it from this point of view, every time that like, like when I was in a relationship, I used my partner as like to fill in the cracks of right. my loneliness. It yeah. wasn't, and it does not mean I did not enjoy like making big plans with him, doing all this. I loved that stuff, but I did notice it was based on my friends' schedules. And whenever I didn't have friends available, when you're in a romantic relationship that's like serious, they're that person that you text all day. You're the person like like just you're in constant communication with, and they're like they fill in the cracks. Absolutely. And so it was like I would I would never break because like every time my my best friends didn't want to talk to me or they didn't they couldn't see me for weeks and like or I was lonely that night, I knew I could get my partner to show up. Right. Like I knew it, and so like it, it was just it, it felt like it's almost like like uh, like triple A, like <laughs> my right. partner was like triple A, like I love triple A, um, I loved them, and it was like anytime I needed it, I knew I had that that cushioning, and this is like why I also find it so important to find yourself outside of a relationship and like actually be single for expensive extensive time, because then when you do get in a relationship, you don't you don't use them like glue. Yeah. Like, you know, you just yeah. actually get to enjoy that person and all the things you get to do with them. But you know that at any moment, if they're not available, if you can't fill in a gap, like it's not going to like harm you at yeah. all. And yeah. I think that's the biggest thing I've been learning right now, especially with the pandemic is like being alone all the time. And we mm -hmm. were talking about self-soothing and just constantly. And I don't and I don't think it it can happen within even the span of a couple of months. Like I can have a couple of months single and like, be like I learned a lot of hard lessons. I'm an independent wow. woman now. No, I think this is like the hardest one I've learned, but it was like, I am consistently single and then have now entered a world where it is almost impossible to meet someone and date, which is forcing me to stay single, which is forcing me to have like an extended giant chunk of time alone an extended, right. like stay within myself, yeah. which is really good. And then also what's the other thing you were saying, uh, where we value marriage is like the highest form of intimacy it reminded me of like the problems with using the terms like soulmate and my other half that I think that's like where that language comes from like especially when we're like this is the best thing you can have and that there's one person for you and like once you find them you've you've won like you've won life yeah. and like I think about that like when people are like they're my other half you complete me you're my soulmate like I would die for you and I'm like everybody calm down yes I was reading <laughs> like, please calm down I follow this um relationship coach on um, Instagram and her name is Jillian Tarecki. One of the things she said a little while ago in one of her posts was that nobody will be the one if they don't also choose you. So like mm -hmm. we agonize over like having lost the one, but it's yeah. like you broke up. They're not the one. Like that's They're it. Not. Like it's as simple as that. I think and that's what I was saying. Like when I was still kind of like grieving post breakup and like my friends were trying to tell me that. They were like, oh, like, he's not. It's okay. Like, I, I think you can do better. Like, you can do better. And then, like, this is the one thing I am proud of because it's like I was still grieving, but I was, like, logically grieving because I, yeah. I, I told my friends, I was like, I'm not crying because I think I've lost the one. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, I'm crying because I am coming to terms with the fact that he wasn't the one right like I was like I logically already know it I accepted it as fact as soon as it ended I am grieving the change in mentality like I'm grieving the fact that I believed he was and found out in such a blunt way mm -hmm. that he wasn't not that I've lost the one I was right. like I'm grieving the cha the, the the realization mm -hmm. basically and that's that's like a 
that makes me think of what I was thinking about earlier when you were talking, which is like, I was always so worried in relationships that I would like lose myself and like become so like relationship focused and like I would lose like that independence and like love for myself that I gained when I was single. But like the reality is like when you enter into a relationship, you give a lot of yourself to that and like you give mm-hmm. a lot of yourself to the commitment and that's that's okay. But so when it ends, you're going to have to <laughs> – you're going to have to shift like so much of how you thought before and like it's still okay like I did oh my lose gosh. myself there's too. this song I heard the other day Ooh, like, look at the lyrics <laughs> the song is called holding my own hand oh self-soothing yeah so it's called holding my own hand by Avery Lynch and it was just like I really liked the lyric of like even though it hurts like hell to be alone again she's like because of you I got a chance at holding my own hand and I loved that <laughs> I'm mean, like, I loved that. If it's a very small TikTok song, I guess it has not made it to like any page where it has lyrics yet. I like um, that. But yeah, I just, That's yeah. <laughs> I love that sentiment of like, it's because it, I find that even like a little different too of like this just like learn to be alone. I'm like, sometimes if you enter a relationship really young or stuff, like you don't get the opportunity to do that. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like my most recent like ex or whatever, like even though except for the ending it was the healthiest relationship I had been in so just because it was the best I thought it was like the one yeah no but like it was just because it was the best I had known so far but like if he hadn't brutally (laughs) did what he did I I there's a lot of me that I like about myself right now that like I thought I'd already gone through like chunks of being single. I thought I had finished the whole self-development mm-hmm. or I know who I am so I can date someone else. But I don't know. I, ha- I had to have like that person that I was crutching onto in a because vi- mm, last fall I was having a very bad time and I've noticed like I wasn't facing it. Mm-hmm. I was just like patching it and patching it and patching it. And like my goal was not to get better. My goal was to survive. Right. I remember having that mentality of like survive life, don't get better. And like, but I had this person to lean on. And so that person said, no, <laughs> you don't. And while I feel like that was very cruel, because he did that, I had I got I finally got the opportunity to like be there for myself during a very bad time. Not just in general, like get to know myself. It was like I get the chance to be my own saving grace or something, you know? Yeah. Being single is like for whatever reason, it like should be our default setting. Like, okay, like that's just like, it is what it is, but it's like written into American society (laughs) and our heads as some huge affliction. Like, oh, she's single again. Like it's not, it's just our default setting. Like we were born single. (laughs) It just, and like we are. To bring TikTok back up. It's like I told you the other day, like that Heartbreak Hotel song. I am such a big fan of this trend right now. There's a song called Heartbreak Hotel and these girls are making TikToks to it about about these long-term relationships they had and like uh, the breakup and everything they've accomplished being single. Like that's my favorite trend. They're like, here's a list of things I could have never done if that person hadn't left me. And they're like, here I here's where I'm at and it's I love that trend that's like that's good that's good TikTok that's like that's like how social media should be used I was like this is so cute I love this that's my favorite trend like you a world if you are single or newly single a world of opportunity has recently opened up to you and so like go cry 
go go call your friends at 8 a.m. sobbing and screaming like I did to you two weeks ago. <laughs> and then do whatever you need to do for as long as you need to do it. Go sleep on your friends' guest, guest beds and their couches and curl up into a ball. I did all the things. I did all those things. Oh, yeah. But like there's so much ahead. Just know that like there are good things ahead. There are doors that have been opened, not just like the one door that has been closed. Men are not a limited resource. Trust me, there's too many of them and no one even wants them. So I'm very devastated that I had to be attracted to them. Like it's probably the worst news I've ever received. Uh (laughs) It's a win-lose relationship and I'm losing. Yeah, (laughs) but like in short, everything, (laughs) just like all of our episodes, everything's gonna be okay. (laughs) I don't know. Trust me, being single is such a gift and like you have one chunk of your life to do it. And I mean, if you're the kind of person that wants to settle down and get married and, you know, and God forbid, like doesn't want to get divorced, doesn't get divorced. You have your whole life to be married. Right. You have your whole life to be with a partner and like grow old and have kids. You have one like chunk at the beginning to be really young and single where your body can still like travel, can yeah. still handle things. Yeah. You don't have to answer to anyone. You don't have to account for someone every single time. Like I'm just saying take advantage of that. Do you have any closing um, thoughts? Yeah, take it from every Lola Tita that means like grandma and auntie and like old person who's ever talked to me about relationships and breakups, literally all of them have said to me that they don't regret. Mm-mm. They don't regret being single. What they did regret was getting married early and they don't regret getting mm-hmm. married necessarily, but they regretted getting married too early. They were like, take this time to do whatever you want to do. Focus on your career, focus on your art, f- travel, like do all these things. They never regretted being no. single for that time but they did regret getting married so early because there's so many things that like go so much work and so much of you that has to go towards that that it can't go towards like other things that you might have done in that time mm-hmm. anyway so like take this time for you literally like the most cliche thing but literally just like focus on you I That's think all- about that a lot like like just try to put yourself in the headspace of like picture that you're like Old. 32 oh. and you just got married. <laughs> Let's say you're 32 and you just got married. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't think why I, I, <laughs> my brain would not say I'm so sad. I just married the love of my life at right. 32. Right. Why couldn't I have been married to him at 23? I'm right. so mad. Right. No, I'm not going to give a shit because <laughs> I still got married. And yeah. it's like, I would and never be like, like, why wasn't I married at 22? <laughs> like, I might be annoyed that I had to date like a 20 losers in between him and them. <laughs> but like, I might just be more annoyed than anything. But like that that concept of thinking that I would be like, I'm so upset. Like, yeah. oh, but I actually just think I'm going to like the person I am a lot more the older I get. And I'll be like, and the you person know, you're like, with a lot more. And that's how I'm going to meet the person I'm supposed to be with. Like maybe the version of myself I was last year wasn't a compatible version with the person I'm going to end up with. <laughs> I think about that all the time and I'm like I'm not done I'm I'm a prototype I'm not done developing stay tuned (laughs) 